Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Elon Musk is laying people off, and people are super angry about it, although I just I just don't know why. People get laid off all the time. Who said you were guaranteed a job? Twitter employees have filed a lawsuit claiming that the layoffs violate federal law requiring notice. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think the bigger story here is they think that they are owed a job. That is the part that blows the mind. That's the part that's worthy of conversation. But I don't want to cheer the job losses. Because while we take a look at those numbers, right, you take a look at uh, the jobs numbers, and you say, oh, look, the jobs numbers are, 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 are up, and it sent the market super, super happy. But it's, it's also got unemployment up. It's kind of fascinating. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com, 833-468-8669. I think the, the, what's the word, when they put out that the prediction was like 201,000, they gained what, 260,000 jobs? Do I have those numbers right? Yeah, 261,000, they expected 205,000. So that's good, that's a good number. But the unemployment rate actually moved up to 3.7%, Instead of 3.5%. Healthcare grew. Professional business services grew. Leisure and hospitality. Manufacturing. They all grew. Government added 28,000. And I always think that that's a problem. You want government going in in, in the negative as I see it. I don't want the government growing anymore at all. So so the markets are are, are up uh, from this. This is while we have Lyft, the the ride-sharing service saying they're going to lay off 13% of staff. You have Stripe, the the e-commerce, the credit card processing company. They're going to lay off 14% of staff. Amazon has said on its its, um, corporate side, hiring freeze. Exactly what we have heard from other Fortune 500 companies. So when we see Twitter that's going to, to drop a fair amount of employees, and you know how they did it, right? They sent out a letter. In an effort to place Twitter on a healthy path, this this is how uh, they, they wrote it, we will go through the difficult process of reducing our global workforce on Friday. Given the nature of our distributed workforce and our desire to form, inform impacted individuals as quickly as possible, communications for this process will take place via email. By 9 a.m., so it already happened today, 9 a.m. Pacific time, everyone will receive an email an individual email with the subject line, your role at Twitter. So if you got an email via your Twitter email, you're not impacted. You still have a job. If you got an email via your personal email, uh, you might want to grab a cardboard box and we'll give you your next steps. Oh, by the way, when they sent this email, if you're heading into the office right now, go home. The doors are locked. Your badge won't work. Good Lord. That is one hey, one heck of a way to get the message out there. So you're going to have people losing their jobs. I don't cheer that. I don't cheer it because this economy is tough enough. 
And I appreciate that people like CNN are at least being honest about it. They go to the grocery store, the bills, bills are higher, gas, the gas, price of the gas tank, tank gets, gas station gets way too much attention, I think, because um, a lot of people, you know, hybrid commuting, fewer commutes, like there's all these different reasons why you could say on paper people could be feeling a little better this time than they did in 2008 when we were also worried about a recession. People feel lousy about the economy. 75% of people we polled say we're already in a recession. You know, so the way people feel, then that becomes real. Yes. That's why we always talk about consumer confidence being so important. And what does Joe Biden tell us? So the economy is up. Price inflation is down. Real incomes are up. Gas prices are down and need to come down further. Exports are also up, which means a simple thing. We're making a lot of money in America because of that. You choose what you believe. Joe Biden or your eyes and your pocketbook. The economy is not in a great place. Anecdotally, we see uh, more and more people applying for jobs in the entry level. But there's also the conversation that they're doing this because they need to keep up with inflation because it is so eaten away at either 401ks or as the market is eaten away at 401ks or inflation eats away at any expendable income and they're just trying to not totally abuse their savings. That's happening as well. So no, I'm not going to cheer 3,700 people losing their jobs. I am going to cheer... Elon Musk making the moves at Twitter he feels are necessary. I'm absolutely going to cheer that every single day of the week and twice on Sunday because it should be cheered. In the same way, if you tell me that it's eight bucks a month to stay uh, uh, with my blue check mark on Twitter, I'm doing it. Just to be supportive, I'm doing it. 150%. And if there's also a revenue stream that creators like me can get out of Twitter, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy to do it. I'm overjoyed to do it. We're very focused on things that matter greatly to us and really matter to a free and thinking society. You want a strong economy. You don't want to see people taxed out of existence. You don't believe the idea that government knows best. You believe that people know best and people should be allowed to go about and live their life and make decisions that are best for them. This is what we believe. This is the smart stuff. But instead we get inundated with people who want to go about a completely different direction. They don't look at what Elon Musk has done and say, well, he bought a company. He's going to do what's best for the company. No, they demand that he actually keep these people on. They remember, they demand that he actually give it up. Yeah, you bought it, but you shouldn't be allowed to keep it. You shouldn't be allowed to run it. These are the same people who want to take a look at this election and then say to you, uh, uh, the right, just a bunch of Nazis. This is what happens in a country that follows what happened in Germany uh, in the early 30s. And I I said this in 2018, it caught a lot of hell from a lot of people for having said it, but it was true then and it's true now. This country is on track to repeat what happened in Germany 
when it was the greatest democracy going, elected a chancellor who then co-opted the media that this past president uh, calling the press the enemy of the people. That is a bunch of crap. Now, if you co-opted the media, you would control them. And since Trump never controlled the media, I don't even know what you're saying. You just kind of blew up your own argument there, uh, uh, Congressman Clyburn. But if we're going to discuss the economy, we should be discussing the economy. Because that's what people are discussing. This is the issue. Jobs are an issue. And me, I understand this because we're connected to it. It's why I'm not cheering 3,700 people losing their jobs. But if they were 3,700 people who believed that people like you and me shouldn't be able to speak freely, then I'm not going to cry for them. You, Congressman Clyburn, believe that somehow these people should keep me from engaging conversations openly and honestly, and if I don't keep them on staff, and if I don't vote for you and anybody you tell me to, I'm somehow a Nazi? Remember how this convoluted conversation started. It started with, let's not cheer the losing of jobs, because we're seeing a lot of companies engage losing of jobs. But we also saw an increase in jobs according uh, to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Gets a little bit confusing. Us wanting to break down that number is what matters. That's where the American people are. Understand all this. Where are we going? And what do we get from a major political party? You're just a bunch of Nazis. When I say they're disconnected from the American people, this is a great example of what I'm talking about. What do I take from these jobs numbers? I take from these jobs numbers that you can't change what's happening to Lyft and Amazon and Stripe that we've got more hardship on the way. I do not feel good about this economy. Luckily for these people who are losing their jobs at Twitter, they already know how to code. Should help them in the future. I just hope they code for things that don't involve silencing those they disagree with. I'm Tony Katz. Call it a sea change. I I don't know what to say. MSNBC got rid of Tiffany Cross. I'm, I am floored by this information. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what's going on, guys? You guys know who Tiffany Cross is. You've heard me play uh, Tiffany uh, Cross audio before. Every single show uh, that she does, uh, this one's a racist, this one's a bigot, this one is this, that one is that. Here, Here's uh, Tiffany Cross talking about Kyle Rittenhouse from the uh, shooting there in Wisconsin. Ellie, I'm disgusted at what I'm seeing. It's not just this trial, it's other trials, but this in particular, the fact that white supremacists roam the halls of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist and the fact that he gets to walk the streets freely, it lets you know these people have access to instituting uh, laws. They represent the legislative branch of this country. What are we to make of that? I don't know why in the world she ever called uh, Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist, considering nobody uh, he shot was black. But remember, this is just what she does. This is how she talks. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting challenge, Angela, uh, because, look, cinema is a Democrat, but she is in many ways upholding white supremacy. You and I both know what the filibuster was originally used for. Take a listen uh, to some uh, remarks that she made this week, and then we'll talk upholding white supremacy because she believes in the filibuster. And it's only gotten worse 
over the last year. Clearly, Tiffany Cross is somebody who took a look at Joy Reid and said, oh, that's how I'm supposed to do it. MSNBC informed her staff Friday morning. They decided not to renew her contract after two years. Severed ties with her immediately. There's going to be a rotating group of anchors uh, that will lead her weekend hours until a uh, replacement is found. Now, this is fascinating because where, oh, where is it? Oh, okay. I, I, you know what? You guys caught me uh, flat-footed, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it because there was a story about CNN, and I, and I actually mentioned it on, on, the, on the Twitter box. It was about CNN, and it was about uh, Chris Licht, the new CEO. Here it is. Ah, I got it. I got it. Ha-ha. Genius. It's a story from a site called Puck. I don't, I don't know Puck. Puck.news. In the last 72 hours, at least 20 CNN employees, on-air talent, rank and file staff, and more, have called or texted, many of them unsolicited, to convey that things have never been worse. It's from Dylan Byers. Dylan Byers has a history. I certainly don't uh, uh, agree with the dude. Right, I'm. I'm not saying that that I do. Um, where where was he? Was he at? He was both at CNN and at MNBC, uh, NBC, but he was he was somewhere else, and I can't remember where was Politico. He was with Politico for 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 a short while, and he makes the claim that when Chris Licht took over as CEO, chairman and chief executive of CNN, um. He was given the directive to make sure CNN remains the global leader in news. Emphasis on news and not all this anti-Trump progressive insanity. So he's been going about clearing the decks, right? You moved on Lemon to Mornings. Cuomo's gone. Uh, Brian Stelter's gone. Tubin is gone. Just don't shake his hand on the way out. I'm all gone. Making these changes and everybody's fearful. And it's a story that, well, people are upset. The profit margin at CNN, or the profit itself, was under a billion dollars for the first time in a great number of years. And that the ratings are certainly down, and under the tutelage of Jeff Zucker, this was an angry, bitter place that was focused on rhetoric and not focused on news. And what people want was news. When uh, the withdrawal of Afghanistan, the horrific withdrawal of Afghanistan that killed 13 U.S. service members and left Americans to die, never mind the Afghanis we promised to help, left them to die in Afghanistan, Clarissa Ward was on the ground after the U.S. had pulled out. And Clarissa Ward was doing reporting. And you have to, if you haven't done it, Go back and watch that, and you will be, you might not be of an age, but if you are a, a Gen Xer and, and older, you will be filled with the memories of CNN covering the first Iraqi war and the actual news that they used to do. You will be so impressed, you will almost be prideful. Wow, this is amazing, and it, it was 
absolutely amazing. In that same time, they did a story about how China will censor live news feeds from places like CNN. And they were showing what CNN looked like in China. And the minute the the um, reporter started talking about uh, China suppressing news, it went to, 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 to the bars and tones. You know what I'm talking about. Boo! That's my impression right there. That's not bad. That's not bad. Come on. Come on, can I get a little, little something? No? Really? Just a just a little something for the impression. I, I thought that was good. I thought that was maybe worthy of a of a little bit of love. That is that is absolutely unnecessary. You guys are the worst. But the minute he started talking about Chinese suppression of news, the, the bars and tones went up. And you watched it happen. You're like, holy crap, that's amazing. And you realize they can do it. They can do it. But under Jeff Zucker, they chose not to do it. They chose to give us Jim Acosta and Brian Stelter. By the way, I assume Jim Acosta is next on the hit list. The people of CNN are unhappy. Morale has never been lower. And I say, good. As I wrote to Chris Licht, uh, a, a tweet, hey, Chris Licht, when you're ready for new talent, reach out. Happy to direct you. Happy to direct you to a lot of great people that can bring ratings and revenue. You better believe it. And I'm not just talking about myself. In both the cases, would you take a job at CNN? Would you take a job at MSNBC? Yeah, you would. To do your show, to do your show, you better be absolutely prepared for that moment. To engage conversations as necessary. Some people will agree, some people will disagree, but you're more interested in the conversation and less interested in the ideology. Yeah, there's room for that. Of course there is. And there's also room to hear from ideologies. But everybody disagrees with you as a white supremacist. I'm glad they got rid of her. I just am surprised. Very, very, very surprised that they got rid of Tiffany Cross. Maybe I should be looking at it differently. If they got rid of Tiffany Cross, when will they get rid of Joy Reid? Maybe MSNBC sees the opportunity to other opportunities. Or what if it just wasn't left enough for them? I mean, you got to think that's a possibility. Stunned. Stunned by what I saw. There's an update on this uh, threat to synagogues in New Jersey, as we learned about from the FBI. I have that for you coming up. This is Tony Katz today. So there's an update on the threats to synagogues in New Jersey. And we should be clear that no matter what this situation is, it doesn't change the fact that every synagogue, every church, every house of worship, every mosque is always under threat. Your house of worship is a soft target. What I am stunned by, constantly amazed by, and I don't think there's any other subject to which I have more absolute clarity and a willingness to fight than this one. 
any faith leader who tells you you cannot protect yourself, defend yourself with the ones you love in your place of worship is a faith leader who should be fired or a house of worship you have to leave because they are unserious, dangerous people who believe in a an ideology. They believe in their politics more than their humanity, and that makes them unworthy of your love and certainly unworthy of following them. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. TonyKatz.locals.com. The story came out yesterday. It was the FBI saying we have, the, we have a credible threat, but it's a very broad threat against every synagogue in New Jersey. Now, having grown up in New Jersey, uh, there's a lot of synagogues. No, I, 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 my synagogue, Congregation B'nai Israel in, in Rumson, New Jersey, was, was, a, was a juggernaut, a huge, huge, broad a swath, a conservative Jewish synagogue as opposed to Reform or, or Orthodox, thousands of members, really incredible. But when I was a kid, I was actually president, there's a massive organization called United Synagogue Youth, um, and they're, they're all over the country, and they have regions. And so I was in a region that was the uh, mid and, and northern half of, of New Jersey. The southern New Jersey part was over with, with Pennsylvania, but we were all, all New Jersey. It was called Hagalil. And my senior year of high school, I was the president of, of this region. And uh, allow me to tell you, a lot of synagogues. Tremendous number of synagogues. So you add the north, the central, and the southern parts of New Jersey, you're going to find you've got a pretty, pretty extensive Jewish population. You're going to have a lot of synagogues. A credible threat against all of them. That's a lot of synagogues. What the threat was, that was unknown. Now we know that the FBI has identified a man who is linked to the threat. The individual has been interviewed. Uh, the man who, who spoke to law enforcement uh, of anger he said he had towards Jewish people, but allegedly said he would not hurt them because he wouldn't want to get into trouble. So what in the world was the threat? I make the argument to you that the threat is completely inconsequential because every day synagogues are under threat. Houses of worship are under threat. Every single day they are under threat. And the one thing that my people, my people, Jews have not seemed to figure out is that it doesn't matter that you vote Democrat. It doesn't matter that you put out some hashtag. It doesn't matter what it is you make a claim of. They hate you. There are people out there who hate you. Kyrie Irving has now made an apology. Like, I need an apology from the guy. He only apologized because he got... Uh, suspended uh, by the, the the Brooklyn Nets because it turns out, you know, he's digging movies that are, are anti-Semitic and, and he's denying the Holocaust. And then when pressured upon the thing, he wouldn't say otherwise, which, by the way, is really weird that you'd have to pressure a guy. Come on, tell us tell us uh, you believe in the Holocaust. Tell, tell us you don't hate Jews. Tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. What the hell? Some people don't like Jews. That's never going to change. Some people don't like black people. That's never going to change. Some people don't like women. That's never going to change. Some people hate other people for no other reason than they were taught to do it, and it's never going to change. You can try and make things a little bit better. 
you could try and make things uh, uh, get a little more understanding in the world. But in the end, some people are just going to hate other people. Now, what I am makes me such a believer in capitalism, for example, is that capitalism cuts through all this. When I'm engaged in a business deal with somebody, I'm not asking about their personal politics. They have something that I need. I have something that they need. We work in, 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 in a level of benefit to each other on this, and then we go about our lives. I never ask. I didn't need to know. The whole concept of iPencil, and if you've never read iPencil, you need to freaking read iPencil. That essay will change you. Leonard Reed. I believe, isn't it Leonard Reed? Yeah. About all of the, there is no way one person could create the pencil. It is only through this effort allowed by capitalism, through all of these independent groups that have no other connection except the dollars and the cents, are you able to create this thing? The lead, the wood, the the fastener, the the eraser, the packaging, the ship. The, it, it, no one person could have access to all the resources. Milton Friedman does a, a serious talk about this. Uh, to, to be able to do the things, it's only in working in tandem, in concert, regardless of the differences. When we buy products, very rarely do we know the politics of the people of the products. The problem we have today is some people want to tell us their politics. And then they want to do things like, if you don't agree with our politics, don't buy our product. What a bunch of schmucks. I mean, I, they, you can do it. I just think you should just, you know, go about your business. Capitalism is so important because it doesn't allow for this, this radicalness. It allows people to act in their own best interest. And I actually don't care people hate Jews. I don't get it. But if you want to hate me because I'm Jewish, feel free. It's acting out upon it that creates the issue. And in order to counteract that, I avail myself of the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. I do it every day and unapologetically. Why should I shy away from it? Somebody asked me, um, what is it that uh, I, I carry? Uh, a six-hour P365. That's my carry weapon. Now, maybe... I'm doing the wrong thing by saying I carry because now somebody's going to jump me and they know to look for a, a, a weapon. Maybe. But I don't discuss it as a way of trying to uh, goad somebody into attack. I, I say it as a, a recognition that I'm aware that the world can be unsafe and it's my job to go home alive. And it's my job when I'm out with my family to make sure they go home alive. It's my job to recognize that when I'm in my house of worship, my synagogue, it's a soft target because there are people out there who hate me. And I would rather they did it in silence, but some people act out on things. We have seen this throughout history. We've seen this over the last years. This isn't new. I didn't need some threat as discussed by the FBI to show me that my life is under threat for my existence for the blood that runs through my veins. Yet I am inundated with fellow Jews on the political left who don't understand that no matter what they tweet, no matter what rally they show up to, they will be hated. 
And their job is to protect themselves and the ones that they love. Which brings me to those synagogues that want to declare themselves gun-free zones. Proudly, we don't allow weapons here. You're the soft target. You are endangering every member of that synagogue and every member of that synagogue should say no. They should engage the utilization of carrying, getting trained in using a firearm and they should do so and bring it to the synagogue. And if the rabbi doesn't like it, the rabbi can quit because the rabbi is endangering the congregants by proclaiming gun-free zone. So is the pastor or the priest or the imam endangering the congregants. It is wrong. Get this straight, faith leaders. You are wrong. God does not want you to die because somebody hates you. If you believe that is what God wants, allow me to say, without having ever been a theologian in my life, you don't quite understand how this works. The idea that God would want you to be a victim, that God would want you to lay in a pool of your own blood in a synagogue, a church, or a mosque is such a radical, ridiculous, disgusting idea as to be believed. That is the concept of sects. That is the concept of cults. Count me out. But when your faith leader says, we're a gun-free zone, we don't carry firearms here, that's the world that that faith leader is setting up for you. And your job is to say no. Your job is to say no. Now, I say this about pastors and priests, but I happen to know that there are plenty of churches who get it. They have security teams. They have security teams and they're, and they're walking the, the premises and they're keeping an eye on the exit doors and they're keeping an eye on this and keeping an eye on that. Good on them. Good on them. Now we could all argue and all say clearly that that has that 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 has to happen. There you go, Tony. That that has to happen is awful. You will not get me to disagree, and we can lament it together. I, I don't disagree that it's awful that it has to happen, but once the lamenting is over, what's your plan? What is your plan for safety and security? My plan is the firearm on my hip. My plan is the firearm on my father's hip. The firearm on my mother's hip. That's right. 84 and 75. And when they go to services, they're prepared. Because the synagogue is a soft target. So what was this threat? What was the point of it all? He's angry with the Jews, beats the bloody hell out of me. I don't know. But this is just a threat we heard about, we knew about, that got reported. What about all the threats that don't? I belong to a synagogue that a few years ago had swastikas and iron crosses uh, drawn on it. It was on the backside. It was actually the area that contains the dumpster. That's that's where they drew it. And people left it at that. How about the fact that this guy wanted to do great harm to my rabbi, Rabbi Ben Sendro? 
the, the, the official rabbi of Indianapolis, the official rabbi of Indiana, as I see it. They wanted to do harm to him at his home. There was no FBI alert. There was no FBI alert. There was just this guy who decided he was going to engage in vandalism of a synagogue and was such a brain surgeon that he was caught on video buying the spray paint the same day he engaged the vandalism. And of course, uh, had the presence of mind to hide everything in the trunk of his car. Oh, I never said these people were smart. But even dumb people can hurt a lot of other people. And if they're going to be the dumb ones, that means we can't afford to be equally as dumb which is exactly what happens when you tell your parishioners and your congregants you can't bring a gun here. It is incumbent on faith leaders to say, absolutely, we are a protected synagogue, we are a protected church, we are a protected mosque, and we will ensure that the people who come here, that the people who pray here, go home safe from here. It's incumbent upon them As a matter of fact, anyone who doesn't, as I have said many times and allow me to say it again with clarity, should be fired, is unworthy of being a faith leader. There is not a rabbi in the sound uh, who can hear the sound of my voice who I don't leave out of this conversation. If you tell your congregants not to bring a gun, you shouldn't have a job. You have failed. You have failed. This isn't a debate. There is nothing that you have no section of the Talmud that you can bring to me that says, oh yes, sit and wait for your demise. Not a one. Not a single bit of scripture. You have no passage from the Torah. You have got, in, in, in the words of, of our ancestors, ungat. Oh wait, no wait, that, that wouldn't be the words of our ancestors. I'll, I'll try a better one. Drek. If I can be so bold, you've got Drek, and you know it. So why would you ever, ever state to your congregants, we're a gun-free zone, we don't allow those things here? People need to know to protect and defend themselves because you will not get rid of the hate as much as I want to. As much as you want to, because I believe that you are sincere in your desire to get rid of it, to try and eliminate it. It's not going to happen. Kyrie Irving isn't having some change of, of heart because he puts out an apology. You suspended him, and he's trying to get his money back so he can get paid again, play again. Do you think he's changed? Well, then you're a damn fool. You're also a damn fool if you don't do everything on a daily to protect and defend yourself. Because there will unfortunately always be people who hate you. Of And whoever, whatever you you are, right? Uh, add your characteristics. There are going to be people who hate that. The vast majority don't, though, and that's how we're able to get through in a civil society. And that's what matters. That the vast majority of us don't hate each other. Or at the very least, tolerate each other. So I leave it to you and your place of worship. 
do the right thing, and fire the people who refuse to. I'm Tony Katz. So we are live streaming on election night. I I should say I'm live streaming on election night. So you can have whatever TV network you've got up. That's fine. And then you'll have us uh, live streaming. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. We're going to have a... We're scheduled to have some guests come in, pop in, give some thoughts from around the country watching uh, these uh, elections. I do this with Americans for Prosperity, americansforprosperity.org, um, uh, sponsor of mine. Personally, I've done a lot of speaking with them over or for them over the years. I do this this video series I do all the time with them, and so we're going to be covering it. I, I, I will have uh, my cigar choices uh, for election night. I'll, I'll have that for you next week. And, and my bourbon selection, I'll, I'll have everything for you. And so you can be prepared to join me for election night. Uh, that's the night of the 8th. And, uh, and we'll have it all for you. And I'll give you all the links to follow uh, at Rumble and everywhere else on election night. Looking forward to it. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today.